Hey, hello everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of That's What We Do. And in today's episode, we'll be talking to, well, I'll be talking to Steffi, who is a breast cancer survivor and also the founder of a community called The Weekend Learning. Now, uh, we came to, to know Steffi, or rather I came to know Steffi through one of uh, the producers in our team, which is Sarah. And I'm going to let Sarah explain to you a little bit more about uh, Steffi, the person that we'll be talking to shortly. So, Sarah, what can you tell us about Steffi? Hi, guys. I'm Sarah. Uh, welcome to That's What We Do podcast. Uh, so, me and Steffi, we knew each other since high school. So, I'm sorry, I'm not really good with math. So, to add on, maybe I knew her for about almost maybe 10, 11 years uh, around there. So, what actually uh, inspired her to join, join in That's What We Do podcast is that um, she has, from what I understand about Steffi, she, she has always been a very, um, a very explorative, courageous, and a brave girl. Yeah, that's what I understand about her. So, um, of course, in this podcast, please stay tuned. Uh, she'll be sharing a very extraordinary uh, journey about her life, um, which, she, which what she has encountered back in 2020, so which, which what got her into this. So... So as we, as we go along, um, <clears throat> during this pandemic, Steffi has joined a special community group, which saw we saw uh, something like a Toastmaster, but not exactly like Toastmaster. Toastmaster in the sense that you'll be presenting something in return for the audience, some, something that exchange ideas, exchange knowledge. So which got which kind of picks an interest. Uh, into she in, into founding the weekend learning. So she's the main founder of the weekend learning, and um, <clears throat> along the way, uh, she she invited me along. So um, I joined. I I decided to. I was thinking, oh, it's a great idea. It's uh, weekend learning. It's it's about building a community, a safe space for people to 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 share idea in an educative way. I was like. Why not? You know, initially, so I was like, okay, yeah. So we started that around last year, uh, but then officially only we start to launch around this year. So it, it was a bit of a try and error. So I only started joining along somewhere around end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. So please catch up, tune us as well. Weekend learning in our Facebook and Instagram. So I think that's all from my side. Uh, so yeah. So back to John. Thanks, Sarah, for that uh, explanation. I think it's quite interesting when you mentioned, you know, how uh, she sort of spearheaded a whole uh, community that, that is interested in learning. I think, I think uh, the other, uh, one of our other producers, Rishi, also has an experience with her in the sense that uh, Rishi has met her before as well in a, under a different context. So Rishi, would you like to tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Rishi, one of the other producers on the That's What We Do. Uh, so my experience with Steffi was, was quite profound to begin with. In the beginning, uh, I've known Sarah for quite some time and I was running this another podcast called Manic Talks and Sarah introduced Steffi and you know, wanted Steffi to be part of that part of that podcast. And yeah, when I had Steffi uh, in, in one of those episodes, I was thinking, you know what, it's going to be like a sad uh, episode uh, you know, with what she had to share with or the story regarding her life. But I was blown away simply because of how she carried herself, 
and how she was able to still keep it lighthearted, keep it uh, happy. She was seeing all the good things uh, in life. And I feel that you know, in, even in this episode that she has an inspiring flair to her. And that's my experience with her so far. Mm. Right. I think, I think that's, that's quite interesting. Now, well, as you listen to this topic, I'd like to remind you that this topic was actually pre-recorded. So when the time we recorded this topic, it was actually before the weekend learning had its uh, first debut, right? And so we were talking a lot about the first topic of the weekend learning itself, which is uh, concerning death. Uh, but that's top, that topic is already passed now at the time of uh, uh, publishing this audio. So at the time of release, the, the topic is no longer... Well, it's it's a topic of the past, but that said, there are newer topics that are that are coming up in weekend learning, which you might want to take note. And also, there might be a little bit of an audio issue um, when you listen to it. Uh, we apologize for that because there was uh, a little bit of a a technical problem over there. But nonetheless, I assure you that uh, the words can be heard quite clearly and. It's, uh, I don't think it would uh, mess up too much of the experience. So yeah, I guess that's, that's it. I'm sure that those of you who are listening to us uh, probably can't wait to see what Steffi has to say. So I think that's all for now. And we'll fast forward to the conversation itself. Uh, today I have with me Steffi, or should I call her Siulin? Steffi, please. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll call her Steffi. So Steffi is a 28-year-old breast cancer survivor who works at a large e-commerce company, which she does not want to name. And she's also currently pioneering a project called the Weekend Learning Project that brings individuals with a growth mindset wanting to learn something new and practical to come together and present what they've learned. So, uh, well, later on today, we'll actually talk to Steffi about what exactly the Weekend Learning Project is all about. But I think I want to start by asking her something a bit more personal. So I think, I think you probably have many people asking you this already. And by now, you probably have spoken to a lot of people about this. So the question is really, uh, yeah, what, what does it feel like to be a, a, you know, a breast cancer survivor? And then not, not, just, not just enduring survivorship but also to go one step further and actually, you know, start up something like the weekend learning. Uh, can you repeat the question again? What question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so, so the, the reason why the question is so complicated was because your intro is like so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's amazing. It means that there's a lot of things to say about you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, the question is, yeah, how does it feel like to be a 28-year-old breast cancer survivor? Uh, what does it actually feels like? Uh, that's a very um, tough question because it's a, it's a new set of feelings that I probably haven't felt before. Like it's kind of different like uh, when you receive news of someone who has already departed or someone who has uh, already... I don't, know, I don't know someone who you have broken up so the kind of feeling is is somehow like a death sentence when you first hear it from a doctor uh, and it's a unexpected news so basically it's um it, it, it's kind of life-changing 
kind of feeling. <laughs> it, it's very compl- a complicated feeling to decipher at the point of time. But then once you mm. be able to accept that kind of feeling, your I think life will be much more meaningful afterwards. So yeah, that's how I, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to go a bit deeper onto like what you said because you said that the moment you got this uh, diagnosis, it was like a death sentence already. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. like, were you like, like, what exactly? Like, were you? I mean, it it seems to me like you're already expecting the worst, mm. right? Mm. So, how do you cope with that? And what was the first things that you did? Let's say, like, you just got the diagnosis, right? What What did you immediately do? I actually didn't do anything because the feeling was very heavy, and then actually mm. it took me about one month plus to be able to like accept it in exchange for the information that I received. So what I did was I took some time to really be with myself and to really go through whatever I'm feeling, to be aware of every inch of feelings, day and night. Every time I go to sleep, what do I feel? The moment mm. I wake up, what do I feel? Mm. So I really took the time to get to know this kind of uh, very complicated feelings that uh, I haven't been through before. But once I I, I went through that phase. I was uh, able to tell my friends and family to, I mean, about to share them with the news that I got. So that was also another set of feelings to go through as well because they have to deal with the shocks, um, uncertainty, like what happens if I'm not around anymore, that kind of thing. But of course, uh, it, it wasn't that serious as I thought it would be. La. <laughs> right, right. So at, at that point, like... Uh... So you're saying that when you first got this this news, you didn't tell anyone for about like what one month or so? Yeah, a, a few weeks, few weeks. I think uh, probably for my uh, for my parents probably two weeks on two weeks, and mm. then for my friends probably three weeks. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. So you told your parents first, and then you told your friends. Yep. 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 Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I can imagine like there's like two levels of stress. So the first level is like you yourself trying to accept this and then mm. the second level is like dealing with the people that you love also going through this difficulty of accepting what is happening to you right yeah 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 right so like how like i'm trying to like put myself in your shoes which is very hard for me to do because i've well uh, you know i'm i'm in a way i'm i suppose i'm grateful that i've never experienced something that is so shocking and so so you know sudden like that but i want to know like how like how do you like how do you cope? Because like there's these two levels of stress. The first is your own internal stress, and then the second level is like the people around you as well. So you sort of like need to manage the people around you, and you know their feelings and so on. So like what what helped you during this time? Hmm. Wow. Um. Well, first thing first is probably um living the best life that you can live. Like you know what what can you do. If you know if you know that you're gonna die in like I don't know a few days or probably in a year, uh, you probably seen a lot of movies uh, doing this kind of like movie team where this actor protagonist is gonna die and then this protagonist will go out and do all the crazy shit things that he haven't mm. done before, leave his job and stuff like that. But of course, I didn't leave my job, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was very fortunate to have uh to be able to work in the largest e-commerce company that I've always, always dreamed of. So mm. that was one of the biggest dreams that I 
uh, achieve and uh, I was glad that I lived the life that I wanted to to live. And uh, I think one of the coping things is to go out and do all the shit, crazy things that mm. you're going to do. So what, what are some of those crazy things? That's what I'm curious to know now. Uh, wow, uh, I'm not <laughs> sure if you think it might be crazy because to me it's crazy and to other people it might not be crazy, you know. <laughs> we, 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 let, we let the audience decide. So yeah, just, just tell us what, what's the craziest things that you've, you've done over that period of time. Okay, uh, one of the craziest thing was uh, I went to take a nude photography. I, I know it's not something that I wanted to do. <laughs> it wasn't in my bucket wait, list at first. Wait, wait, so, so, so for the sake of those listening, <laughs> they want to find those photographs, where do they look for it? <laughs> you can't look for it, hello, it's private. <laughs> oh, right. Only special people, you know, like boyfriend, you know, teacher boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that's that that's pretty. I mean, I suppose that's pretty. Uh, I mean, it is it is something that you could define as as crazy uh, in terms of social norms and stuff. So okay, so that's one of the things, and yeah. So what what else aside from nude photography? Um, what else? Ah, like, I I need to think back. Um, uh, I think that's the most craziest one uh, so far. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I think I think there are others, but I can't. I mean, it's not as crazy as taking a nude photography because uh, taking a nude photography requires a lot of courage. I believe mm. you can relate, right? <laughs> like, if Wait, I ask why you, can I relate? <laughs> I mean, if I ask if I ask you to strip nude naked now and ask and request okay, okay, a photographer to take picture, yeah. will you be willing right, to? Right, right, right. Yeah, in that in that sense, yeah. Well, I, I've never done it. I don't intend to, but. <laughs> But okay, yeah. I, I I get what you mean in terms of like you know, the the idea itself is is pretty non-conventional uh, It's something like that people don't think of. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm I'm curious. Like so so one on the one hand is like, what made you think of doing that? Like is that something that you've always wanted to do? Uh, no no like I mentioned earlier, it wasn't in my bucket list in the first place. <laughs> mm, okay. It was only it was only until when I received this news that I have to go through mastectomy. At the mm. very young age of twenty-eight, it's a mm. very difficult news to really accept because you're losing something that has been part of you for so long. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, to commemorate uh, uh, one part of my body, I mm. I, I thought of like uh, taking a uh, they don't call it nude photography. Uh, that's another name for it. Uh. <laughs> is, there, is there a nicer politically correct name for it? I, I think it's a. Uh, uh, I forgot what's the name. I think it's more touch or something. I can't remember. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, basically, uh, it is a lot of breast cancer also go through. Uh, I mean, who who those who want mm-hmm. to, uh, commemorate their breasts. There's a few options. One is uh having uh photography. Second one is to have a clay clay portion of your breast. <laughs> You know, clay up portion where mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they put the mold around your breast area and then they uh, after that after mm-hmm. some time the, the mold will harden and it, it it looks like a you know like those statue kind of uh, breast <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah but of course uh, in terms of uh, uh, how I say uh, feasibility and uh, convenience of course taking a photograph is more practical mm-hmm. la, in terms of 
<laughs> right, that's right. making sense. Well, well, I'm I'm looking at so so I'm I'm actually I actually googled up you know like what people do and I mean I'm I'm like completely unaware of these things and I think that it's it's good awareness for me as well. Mm. So I googled up and yeah, you're right. So photography seems to be like one of the the things that that you know breast cancer survivors tend to do. It, it's it's mm-hmm. sort of like a, a way to commemorate. So I guess I, I'm guessing that for you, it's not so much the fact that it was nude, but more it's like it's it's a sign of remembrance of. Of your of something that you would lose, uh-huh. and also it's like a it's like a, a remembrance of your struggle in some ways. Is that correct? Yep, yep, correct. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Now I'm I'm just curious though, like because we you know we live in in somewhat uh, I would say a, a more traditional kind of a, a conservative kind of a, a culture to some degree, right? So how how did the people around you take it? Especially like maybe your family or did you get any resistance towards this idea? Uh no, actually, when I came up with this idea, I just went ahead of it because uh I I didn't tell my I didn't tell my family I didn't tell uh I I mean I I told them but only like few days before the shooting <laughs> because because uh I, because for my family they are actually pretty open minded but for right. my dad but for my dad I think he's he doesn't know that I'm doing this <laughs> mm. because it's a he's a very traditional person. So uh, right, so mom knows, but dad does not know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so so wait, th- th- does dad know now, or does he still not know about it? I have no idea. Maybe. Okay, so let's hope he doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So okay, so that's that's cool. So you didn't really get that much of resistance because, like, I suppose the more conventional, the more conservative people in your family, you didn't really tell them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So that's yeah. Okay, so that's one of the crazy things. What what else did you do during that period of time? Hmm. I went cafe hopping, but that's not doesn't come sounds crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but there's something that I wanted to do for a long time because uh, after I went through a breakup, I couldn't. Uh, I I wanted to do this for a very long time, and before right. that, when I was in a relationship, I couldn't do this. <laughs> wait, wait. So how how does this work? So cafe hopping. Uh, basically, do you choose a certain area and then you go through all the cafes in that area, or like I don't know because there's like thousands of cafes I think all over Malaysia, right? Mm-hmm. So like, how how do you choose where do you want to go when you go cafe hopping? Is there like a set of places that you go or what? Uh, well, uh, it's pretty easy to look up for like cafes in uh social media. You could see your friends taking trendy mm-hmm. pictures about that cafe and the food that looks so delicious. Uh, they can even start doing ads for the <laughs> for mm-hmm. them. So basically, uh, I wanted uh to try the food and everything because I'm a uh, quite a foodie person. Mm. Uh, and also, I like to see things which is, uh, you know, uh, pretty. Uh, so that's why food. I mean, there's many types of cafe hopping. Uh, some people can like uh, sit in one place. I mean, go to one area and choose to visit a few cafes there in a day. But of course, it's a very expensive hobby. So I only do mm. it like, once a week. So every week I'll take turns going to some of the cafes, one one cafe at a time in a week uh, mm. to mm. just, you know, check it out. So that's basically what I do lah, during the week. Right. And 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 during your your this during this discovery moment, right, is there any cafes that you, you would is there is there like one particular cafe that stands out that you would like people to know about? Wow. Um just one. <laughs> 
Just one. Hmm. If you had to pick just one, what would wow, that? Which cafe would that be? It's really tough though, but I I, I like the cafe called VCR Cafe at uh, Bangsa. KL. No, no, not at Bangsa. I haven't hmm. been to the one in Bangsa, but the one in KL, which is the original uh, right. branch in the first <clears throat> the first branch that opened. <clears throat> so I really like that cafe because uh, uh, first thing first they have the options to actually uh, replace your milk with any other similar milk beverages like oat milk, um, what else, uh, mm. almond milk. So actually the options is uh, important for me because I ever since this breast cancer diagnosis, I'm pretty scared of consuming a lot of milk because mm. previously mm. I take in a lot of milk, but now I'm trying to cut down as much as I can. Right, so, right. Yeah, so that's one of the things that stood out for me the most. Uh. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, so you, were, you were, like, basically you were advised not to take so much of milk for the, the cancer, because of cancer? No, that's not because of it. The doctor mm. was pretty open and uh, he told me that you can consume anything. But because mm. there are a lot of researches uh, done in the past by right. a lot of medical researchers uh, mm-hmm. mentioning that hormones can actually lead to... <clears throat> high levels of uh, estrogen, <clears throat> especially for women. Mm, mm. So one, right. if there's an overload of estrogen hormones in your body, it might cause uh, the growth of cancer. Right, so, right. Okay, that's that's okay. really interesting. Yeah, so right. that's and, something to take note of. Uh. Mm, mm, and I suppose VCR Cafe in Kuala Lumpur happens to be one of those cafes that gives you that option to, to eat the way that's most suitable for you. Yep, yep. Right, right. Mm. That's, that's amazing. Right, I just have one more question before we start talking about, you know, uh, the weekend learning. So, uh, you mentioned that, uh, yeah, I want to know about a little bit about this as well. So, uh, you mentioned that you were in a relationship before. Now, I want to know two things. One is that, uh, were you in a relationship when you had this diagnosis? And for those people out there who, you know, like, like what, what are the, the difficulties that you foresee being in a relationship and then getting a diagnosis like this? Ah. Uh... Can you repeat the question again? <laughs> That's <laughs> quite a heavy okay. question. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I have I have this problem of of you know packing all my questions together and then it's like it sounds like one big thing. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna break it down. First question is like, were you in a relationship when you got this diagnosis? Okay, uh, I I just left uh, the relationship. I I think one week before when I found out I need to go for my first surgery, which is in March. But that mm-hmm. surgery was a very minor one. Uh, it was the, to just remove the bleeding milk duct. And it wasn't the cause of cancer yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was one of the symptoms. So, uh, so when I received the news that I need to remove my breast, I was uh, still single and available. <laughs> right, right. And, and how did that affect you? Because I, I, I would imagine, right, because like uh, for a woman, this is like a very, you know, vital thing and it might also affect like your self-esteem perhaps. I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just guessing here, but I want to know like first-hand experience from yourself. Like does it affect the way you view yourself uh, in relations to, you know, relationships and, and your prospects and these kind of things, right? Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, actually, there's a lot of uh, worries that I've, I had in mind because the, when I first got the diagnosis, uh, the doctor told me that uh, after the surgery, I might need to take uh, tamoxifen, which is one of the hormone pills to actually control the estrogen. 
So the side effect is uh, pretty much uh, something that a lady who wants to have a family doesn't like lah. Right. So mm. one of the if one of the side effects is that uh, you it, it's it's not advisable to get pregnant within the during the the like I mean during the what you call that period of treatment. Ah, period of treatment treatment when you're taking the hormone pill, mm. uh, you're not you're not advisable to get pregnant because it might yeah. you know cause this disformity on a child. Mm. So that's mm. one of the things. Secondly, um, I, I'm not I, I'm not sure if I if I remember correctly, but there's uh, side effects of uh, hair falling. Your period might be irregular, and mm. also uh, your you you might have like mood swings from time to time. Yeah, so mm. that was the side effects that I heard from the doctor. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, so so to have that in mind, I was. And and that time I was single, I was uh uh so thinking okay I, I got nothing much to lose because I I'm still single I got more time to get to know people around me so I, I didn't have mm. much worries but one major one was uh the mastectomy where I need to remove <laughs> one side of my breast ah uh, mm-hmm. because. Even though the doctor do provide the option to have like breast implants and things like that, but I have the thought of like, what would my partner say if I have an implant right. in my mm. body? And then I have uh, genes of uh, breast cancer. How how would he be able to accept me for all the imperfections that I have at this time? Mm. Mm. So those were the worries I had. Right, and I would imagine those are very valid questions that not just mm. you have, but a lot of people out there who, are, who have like the similar situation mm. would also be asking those questions in their head, you know. Like, mm. would my partner be able to accept me? Like, mm. what would he think of me? You know, if, uh, you know all, all these things, right? What, what are your, like, how did you overcome that? Um, how do I overcome that complicated feelings you mean? Mm, like, the complicated feelings and also like, you know, like, how, how do you, what do you do? Like, because I, I really can't imagine how I would deal with... Uh, it, it's really complex. It's like, on the one hand, you're facing a life-threatening disease. And on the other hand, you're also concerned about the fact that you would be unaccepted, you know, particularly to the opposite sex. And, uh, you know, you would be less attractive. And I, I, would imu- I would imagine this would affect your self-esteem and all these things, right? Mm. So, like, how, how do you cope with this whole complex of problems? Um, I, I guess... Dealing it day by day is uh, is one way of uh, accepting whatever issues and uh, complications. So first thing mm. is to really accept whatever that's already been is already there for you. Secondly, is uh, I, I wouldn't like to swear over here, but <laughs> don't give a two. Okay, okay. okay, probably can censor that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I already said it for you. <laughs> okay, so so you, you you wait. So you mean like you don't like you you tell yourself you don't give you don't care. Is it is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't give a toot about what other people think of about you. Like ah, okay. I mean, everyone mm. has their own set of uh, imperfections, right? So I, I guess my mm. imperfections make me for who am I today, la, And uh, I'm I'm proud of that imperfections. And uh, if someone else can't accept me for who I am, then there's many more reasons why that person shouldn't, you know, be part of your life, right? <laughs> mm, mm. 
Right, right. I mean, like, yeah, if he can't accept you for for who you are, then there's no point of having them in your life to begin mm. with, right? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and I like and I like how you pointed out something. I think quite practical. It's like you take it one day at a time, and I know this is somewhat somewhat like a cliche. Everybody is saying that, but I think I think it's really important that when you're going through like a difficult time, you shorten your you shorten your time frame so that you don't think so much about like years from now, but you start thinking of what I can do in the next day or maybe the next hour, right? Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a very helpful tip. Like, I believe that a lot of people might find that helpful. And yeah, and, and I like the fact that, that at the end of the day, you need to remind yourself that if these people can't accept you during this time, they probably don't belong in your life at all. Mm, mm, mm. Right. So I think, yeah, so, so uh, just, just to end that first segment of, you know, talking about breast cancer itself, before we move into the weekend learning, what are your words of, I would say, uh, you know, advice or, or your, your thoughts that you would like to leave to about, you know, to others who are probably also experiencing breast cancer? What, what would you say to them? Um, I would say, I mean, it's quite common to hear this, especially for those who are having breast cancer. Uh, cancer is not a death sentence. Uh, first thing first, even if you receive the news, try to live the best life that you ever want to live. Um, if you, if it's meaningful for you to inspire, I mean, for your story to live this kind of life, you probably can use this story to inspire others as well. Mm-hmm. Right, that's, that's, that's great. Now I want to move on to the next part, which is basically the weekend learning project. So I think the first time I actually came for the weekend learning project, I think I've presented in it twice. And the first time I came in, I was told that, you know, this is a place where I think, I think I, if I recall correctly, you said that, you know, we all can, uh, you know, go and do some research about things that we don't know, things that we are not familiar with. We are not experts in those things. But we do research and then we come and we present the, on those things for 10 minutes, right? So, hmm. yeah. So, is this, is this also part of your, like, like, one of those crazy things that you did during this period of time? Or, like, oh. where, and, and where exactly did this idea come from? Because I think it's an amazing idea, but where did it come from? Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, this crazy idea came during the MCO 2.0, which is after my surgery. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it was inspired during the MCO period where, you know, uh, I believe you've been there as well, where we are all stuck at home. We can't go out as frequent as we want, mm-hmm. like, as our usual days. So that's how I got the idea, like, okay, if we are always stuck at home, what are we usually doing at home? Are we, like, using our time wisely at home, like, doing things or investing your portion of money that you should be investing or something that gives you a better quality of life uh. so I, I was stuck with that <clears throat> with that mindset like mm. wouldn't it be nice to have actually a group of friends to actually share something um, something practical and useful that they have uh, learned I don't know from either their work or from their from the articles that they have read because I usually hang out with friends and they usually come up with the usual boring topics like Mm. <laughs> uh, how's the life or how's your girlfriend boyfriend you know the mundane so, kind so, of so small to all, talks to all your friends who are listening they might feel offended right now <laughs> no it's not I, I, I mean I don't mean it in the in that way but I, I do actually like small talks but sometimes right. after that small talk phase is gone probably I would right it's not deep about, enough right 
I'll, I'll probably want to like have a deeper connection with them mm. to get to know them better beside their relationship and things like that. Like, how much can you talk about your boyfriend? Like, mm. um, yeah, okay. <laughs> there are things that you can tell me, but some other info you don't need to tell me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hope not, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but 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 really, I mean, I I guess I guess what's really interesting is also the 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 fact that okay, so you you had this this thing where you wanted. To have deeper conversations, you wanted to, you wanted to learn from people. You wanted people to to tell you things that you don't know, right? Mm. And then and then it like it quickly moved from there to you know, starting out a whole uh, a whole what do you call that uh, community uh, a whole a whole program that's based on that. So like, yeah, what what made you think of starting out this project? Um. Because because I know I know like you you've seen a need right. And you want to fulfill that, but then, like, if if it was me, I would just probably just go to my friends and you know, ask them for things that I don't know or something. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of organizing like a, a weekend learning project. You know, that's so, so so that's so direct. <laughs> that's so direct. It's like, hey, Sarah, uh, what did you learn this week? <laughs> <laughs> not not like that, lah. But you know, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> but but yeah. So, so but but like, what made you? What inspired you to actually start a project like that? And uh, you know, yeah. Uh, well, basically, it's called a weekend for a reason because um, weekends the time where uh, you know, we have a lot of free time compared to weekdays because during the MCO period, weekdays is probably the hardest uh days of the of the working day, especially if you have a nine to five job and you're working mm. from home. And your working hours can be really crazy because there's no limit to the hours that you work. Because even though if you you finish work at six, you still somehow mm-hmm. still stuck to your chair doing your work until until when you realize it was already ten and eleven. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so that's why doing the weekend learnings. I mean, doing this project during the weekdays is probably not possible lah because everyone's busy with their own stuff. So that's how I name it weekend because the uh, weekend that's you have more time to yourself. You could uh, hang out with friends. So why not use that one portion of your time to actually learn? And I mean, take one hour out of your time or ten minutes even, uh, even in a day to actually learn something useful. So that's how I came about with that idea, lah. Right. So, so I gather, like for you, this is not just about learning, but it's also about getting away from your stressful week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably if you could, if you if you think <laughs> it helps you get away. <laughs> yeah, unless unless you find the whole presenting part stressful itself. Stressful, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But yeah, I think I think it's pretty cool. And maybe you'd want to tell us a bit more about like how far it has gone and what have you learned from the. I think you finished like the first season of weekend learning, right? And then now we are like sort of uh, going into like the, the second, two. yeah, season two, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. So how how exactly has season one gone for you, and what have you learned from it, and what do you like? I don't know what 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 are you expecting for season two? Maybe you can just t- share with us. Um. Okay. Uh. For season one, basically it's a pilot test project. Uh, so I was testing out what kind of uh, teams or what kind of uh, the audience like. To uh, listen when they come for this uh, weekend learnings event. <clears throat> so basically, uh, the the whole the whole project, I mean the whole event is about an hour plus. 
So basically anyone could who wants to present something that they know or they wanted to learn uh, during the event is welcome. So they can present any kind of topics uh like let's say if you are a relationship guru, you can come and talk about relationships and how to be a better lover in that case. <laughs> so, so the first team was uh, open for all. Anyone could come to present. Um, I think that was pretty interesting because we have a lot of uh, demographic of people and um, there are a lot of uh, things that really interest them to come and present. So that was one of the team. Another team was a fixed team where uh, one of the team that I fixed was movies and it attracted mm. a lot of like-minded people who like who like movies, like stories to come to mm-hmm. present. So when I, I realized I realized from this uh, from this planning uh, the more fixed team uh, which is like the movie team was uh, more attractive mm-hmm. because I, I guess it attracted those people who have this kind of um, interest lah. and mm-hmm. and uh, if I leave it as a free for all topics where anyone could just come in to present it I think I guess people doesn't like the the feeling of uncertainty sometimes <laughs> right right so people want to know what they are what they are in for right yeah, yeah, I guess mm. so. Yeah. Mm. Well, this, this is interesting because it seems to me like you. I mean, it's it's quite entrepreneurial life. You ask me because like you you're basically doing like an A/B testing kind of a thing, where you you you've got like two products here. So your one product is that it's a free free no theme one, and then the other product is like it's based on a theme. So which product is most successful? And you found that the theme product is probably most successful. Is that mm. is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course. Mm. Um, it, 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 uh, I, I guess I need more testings to make sure that uh, it's to be confirmed uh, because this is still quite new and uh, mm. the number mm-hmm. of uh, respondents to these events was uh, pretty uh, pretty small so that's why I, I need mm. to so in the next phase which is a season 2 I'm trying to aim to attract more people to attend this event right so uh, I could get the so right so basically you're, you're- so season two, you're planning to scale it up. Is that is that correct? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. And and what what do you like? Let's say if somebody is like new to this whole thing, what can they expect for season two? Um, shorter presenting time, but also more uh, more people presenting. Uh, you mm-hmm. you get to hear a lot of uh, different. Uh, I mean, we we we'll probably fix the team already, but there will be a lot mm-hmm. of people presenting differently on the team. Like, let's say one of the upcoming uh, upcoming event for season two is the team topic is about death. Hmm. Okay, that's fun. So- <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can I present? <laughs> so, so, okay, yeah, go yeah, on. Go feel on, free yeah. to, yeah. So, death is like a pretty, very um, broad topic and um, you'll be co-hosted by Sarah, <laughs> mm. yeah. Mm. So, oh, by by the way, Sarah is actually here with us. Uh, she's part of the the production team, who's actually listening into our conversations. Just for the record, yeah. Okay, go on, Steffi. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, death can be a very broad topic. Like you can talk about like after after you die, where do you go? Or you could talk about ten ways to die. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. or- you know. You know what? I like. Okay. So so this this is very interesting because I have been. For the longest time, I've been fascinated with near-death experiences. 
So I've actually done like uh, well a fair number of readings on it. Mm, 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 so yeah, this this like when you talk about death, it actually excites me. Ironically or funnily enough, I don't know. I'm just a morbid person. Mm, yeah. Okay, I'm not sure whether to be amused with what you say, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but 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 I've got I've got an even more interesting question because I think to you death death would mean a lot more, right? Given given your experience, you know, with the. Uh, You know your diagnosis with cancer and all that. Mm. So is that is that part of the reason why you chose death? Oh like, no no no! <laughs> no, was, not at all. It wasn't in my mind in the first place. It came from Sarah's inspiration. Probably, probably Sarah in the next uh, I don't know interview she could share more with you, or you could come for the event right. okay. and she could tell you why she chose that topic. Right, right. Okay. So so then for those of us who are listening in, uh, I suppose like season two is going to kick off with. It's going to kick off with the end. Technically, is so you're going to start with death, <laughs> which is quite, oh which is going to be really interesting. <laughs> no, but but really, I think I think this is like really catchy. It's ironic, and yet it's very interesting. So I think yeah, let's let's see what happens in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what other topics? What other topics can we look forward to in season two? Ah, uh, I for now we we are stuck with the death at the moment, but uh. In the future, we might <laughs> no, no, no. In the future, we might uh invite like a professional guest to uh be part of the to be part of the presenting team, and uh we'll see how it goes. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. I am quite excited actually, and I think I think the people who are listening in with us as well would be pretty excited to know more about this. Now, um, we are about to end here, so just just uh just to close off, right? I want to ask you something like, okay, so. Uh, being being somebody who's like you know suffered quite a difficult moment in your life, like you know it's a turning point for you, but you didn't let that stop you, right? And oh. then you actually created something. I would say something new, and something that adds value to society to some degree, right? Mm. So so for people who are listening who also happens to have like a difficult time in their life, right? What would you suggest to them so that they could also reach to? Uh, you know, a, a much much better place, uh, much like what you have uh, reached. Like, like what what are your words to them? Mm. Dream big. Um, always go ahead with something that I mean, be broke. Uh, how do I say this? Have the courage to do what you really want to do, lah. And you and you don't need to be worried about living a happier life. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, because people are always stuck with the mindset. I want to be happy. I want to live happy. How can mm. I be happy? The word happy itself is uh, is actually a choice, uh, Like if you want right. to be happy, you can always have a choice to do the things that really excites you, uh, really mm. gives you the adrenaline rush or endorphins. What? But there's still people out there who are not doing. You know, doing this. So just really go ahead and do it. Like, what's the worst could happen, right? Hmm. So you're advocating to people to take calculated risks where necessary, and that might eventually lead to greater things. Greater things, right? Is that is that what you're suggesting? Just, just, just do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Nike. Nike. Okay. <laughs> Nike. <laughs> yeah, it's Nike. Yep. Just, just do it. <laughs> All right, that's that's pretty cool. Thanks, Steffi. Thanks, thanks a lot for making time to to join us here today. And I think that's it for uh, that's what we do for today's episode. See you all in the next. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye.